When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Hello, welcome to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, what is going on? I'm feeling slightly better today. So hopefully we're uh, we're on the road to recovery. And I uh, got my coffee here. There we go. Voice in good shape. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to do this. Now, the good, that's the good news. The bad news is, you know, the, the part of this job that I love is that we get to talk about everything that happened today right after it happened that's why we have an afternoon podcast and smitty not very much happened today it's kind of a yeah kind of a tuesday's tuesday's typically like it's tom on tuesday so we know that that is going to likely dictate the way that this show goes on tuesday um but then there's always going to be cases like today where not a whole lot gets said um he always does start off talking about some injury stuff, so I guess we can start there. And we also have an injury to uh, a player, a significant player on an opponent in the upcoming schedule to talk about as well. But let's start with the Steelers stuff. Kenny Pickett comes out of this game with some bumps and bruises, a little bit of an ankle thing going on there that uh, Tomlin said could limit him early in the week. Calvin Austin. Fact that that has been maybe a couple weeks in the in the works really? now. It's been, it's okay. been kind of impy. Uh, for a couple weeks mm. now, I'm not sure that there was anything maybe new as, as much as just an accumulation of being banged up. But I certainly seems like they're going to give him Wednesday off or at least let him be limited in practice on Wednesday. 
Interesting. Okay. Obviously we all knew about, you know, the knee thing early in the season and then the rib thing, but yeah, I didn't know about anything going on. It would have been like maybe the, might've been the Titans game or was it the, the Packers game where he came up a little gimpy and was like limping around at the end of the game I feel like ever since then, he's maybe been a little less than 100%. You know, they don't have hmm. to report any injury. It's talking about this with Joe Burrow, too. They don't have to report an injury that doesn't make him lose practice reps. Um, so uh, I, gotcha. I think he's fine. I'm, I wouldn't worry about it, but it, it sounds like they're angling towards giving him a day off here. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Calvin Austin also dealing with a little bit of an ankle thing, um, which he said. So were they worried about that at first? Because Tomlin made it seem like 48 hours later, it looks better. It so bad. the early. Looked, okay. The, the video of the injury looked like it was a high ankle sprain. Then you'd be talking mm. three to four yeah. weeks. Um, so Tomlin saying there's a chance he could practice this week, uh, I think, is, unex- is, is unexpected in a good way. Po- positive news for Calvin Austin. Um Meant to ask Mike if they have a backup punt returner, and at 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 uh, I forgot to um, because I really have no idea who it would be. Um, Nick and I were driving back from Cincinnati. Like, who is so Miles oh, has like I got seven, it. I got it seven career punt returns. I think he's the the guy with the most on the team. That's not exactly a lot. Allen. This is perfect for this opponent, too. The last time the Steelers played the Arizona Cardinals, Deontay Johnson punt return touchdown against them. Oh, so there you go. He Sunday. does have career punt returns. So does Patrick Peterson when he was yep. with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> was a punt returner as well. I we think go. I would be hesitant to send DJ or Pat P out there <laughs> to return punts. Miles Boykin seems much more feasible in my mind. James Pierre also, uh, I think, mm-hmm. did it in college. Um, whatever. Florida Atlantic, yes. James Pierre. Um, At one point last year, and, and they, they had a Temple Owl, a FAU Owl, and a Rice Owl on the roster at the same time. Chris Boswell went to Rice. I can't mm-hmm. remember who the Temple grad would have been. But uh, those are the only three Division One schools nicknamed Owls, and a group of Owls is called a Parliament. There we the- go. The more you know. banner go across here real quick. Yeah. Um, on the positive side of things here, Minka Fitzpatrick, Monty Adams, Tomlin says that the light is on for both of those guys. Haven't seen Minka practice at all since that injury. Monty got in some limited time last week, so that one would be expected. Um, for what it's worth, the Monte Casey did say that he expected Minka back this week, but we saw Keanu Neal say that he was fine and then go on IR. So, and that was talking about himself. So who knows what's going to happen there, but um, yeah, you know, we'll see if those guys are able to work their way back this week. Yeah. I believe about half of what players say about their own injuries. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not that they're lying. It's that they're generally overconfident. Remember last year, I talked to Akella Witherspoon after the Cleveland game when he popped his hamstring and he's like, yeah, I'll be fine. And he missed like, the whole rest of the year. Like that was, they don't know. Like they, they don't know. Right. They're, they're, you know, so I, I don't, I don't take a lot of stock in what players say about their injuries, but Mike Tomlin said that they are going to practice this week. If Minka practices, I expect that he will play. And I mean, two drives with Minka, TJ and Cam Hayward. We talked yesterday about how TJ said, if the offense can continue to dominate time of possession the way they did in that Cincinnati mm-hmm. game, that this defense can be even better. Smitty, I don't know if you've looked this up. 
Where would you say the Steelers are in team defense right now in terms of scoring? Mm, sixth. They're fifth. They're the mm. like I, I I don't feel like the Steelers fans are talking about this like it's the fifth best de- fourth in takeaways, fifth in points against. Are we talking about this? Like, I, are we not talking about this defense enough? Like, how good it is, despite the fact that they've been playing without one of their three best players for all but two two drives this entire year. Like, yeah, like how good could they be if all three of those guys play and the offense can control the clock? Yep. Yeah, people get too hung up on the yards, I think. You know, we've talked a lot about that, how that's kind of just been not only the Steelers' way of playing, but which you're seeing a lot of trend around the league as well. You know, a lot of bend, don't break teams knowing that they're going to take the ball away at some point, make them run as many plays they have. Like, this is just honestly a trend that we're seeing go around the league, but certainly that the Steelers have kind of employed for a while now. And considering the offenses they're about to face, yeah, I mean, only Indianapolis – and, until you get to Baltimore and Seattle's a decent team, but not really a dominant offense. Like this, oh, their offensive line has been brutal too. This is, yeah. this is like a top, this is going to be like, like they're already top five in yards or in, in points. They're already mm-hmm. top five in takeaways, but I mean, I, it's not really unrealistic to think if they can stay healthy, if the offense continues to set them up well, that they're going to, they're going to end up there in yards too like like yeah well the rushing yards against has dropped from 170 to what like 118 within a matter of five weeks yeah something like that yeah drastically improved on the ground yeah and so i mean i i think you're gonna end up they're now ninth they're they're now i'm sorry 24 they're the ninth most yards but they're fifth in in points and fourth in takeaways i would Mm -hmm. be surprised if they don't get to the midpoint in yards by the end of the year. I think they can get there. Yeah. I, I, I think that's that's pretty real reasonable. I agree. We we were talking about Minka. I'm I put out a question or asked for questions on Twitter and we got three of them about one player and I just feel like I can kind of tie it in right now. So I might as well bring it up. Because everybody wants to know about Trenton Thompson. I feel like he's you know the guy that's kind of become an unsung hero for this team and is like the new guy that everybody's kind of fallen in love with over the last couple of weeks in terms of Steelers fans. And uh, I think we touched on him a little bit yesterday and talked about could he have a role even when Minka comes back. But that's what people want to know is how do you keep this guy on the field even when Minka does get back into the fold? Well, I mean, I think you saw the role Keanu Neal had, right? I mean, I think that's kind of the one he gets. And look, I don't know what Keanu Neal – I said when Keanu Neal said he was healthy, like – and then he wasn't playing. Like, if it's a rib injury, either it's broken or it's not broken. If it's broken, it's like six weeks. So, like, I think there's going to be – and we don't know, so I have to speculate. The Steelers haven't said anything. But I think it's – I mean, that that Keanu Neal role should be Trenton Thompson's until Neal's back anyway. And then – I mean, you worry about that problem when you get there. I think this is a sort of a fan exercise that the team never even really contemplates. Like, what do we? I, I make fun of Penguins fans every year. Like, what are the Penguins lines going to be like when the Penguins are healthy? I don't know. The Penguins haven't been healthy since 1996. <laughs> I like it. Just, like yeah, it, it's not. Yep. It's not ever going to happen. Don't worry about worrying about it. Like, uh, so I think uh, the the Steelers uh, probably don't care what happens when they get everybody healthy. They'll figure it out then. But I think there's a role for Trenton Thompson on this team. For sure, he's played good enough to stay on the 53-man roster and and at the very least play some special teams. Uh, but yeah. I, I think he's, he's done everything that could have possibly asked him to do. 
I, I looked at this matchup coming up and I looked at a player on the other side and Trey McBride on Arizona, who's been really good this year coming along. And I look at this and like, even if you do get Minka back, I think Trenton Thompson should be tasked with kind of taking him away the way that he's played against tight ends recently, how they used him against Njoku. Um, so I think this is a kind of a matchup where you'd be utilizing him anyway, because when you look at this Arizona offense, um, you know, outside of him and Hollywood Brown, you know, who, who are you worried about? on this Arizona offense. So I would be yeah, I mean, Trent Thompson to take away him. Yeah, I agree. I think this is like, if I'm looking at this matchup, you know, Joey Porter against Hollywood seems to make sense. Um, Pat mm-hmm. Pete against a guy like Rondell Moore seems to make sense. Very similar to the lineup from Cleveland, right? Where you kind of have that one guy, get a bit worried about getting beat deep. Another guy who's shifty and works on the inside underneath. Um, tight end Trey McBride, I agree, is, is a perfect matchup for Trenton Thompson. And, you know, those were a lot like, so if Mink is back, he's going to play free safety. You're going to talk about, you know, Neil playing the other sa- – I'm sorry, not Neil, KZ playing the other safety. But KZ's a lot smaller than most tight ends. So if you're talking about man coverage against yeah. the tight end, I would play Thompson in that that Neil role. That's that's exactly what Neil was doing before they started losing safeties to injury. So, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And keep talking about injuries. That's been a theme in the Steelers' luck in terms of obviously the Steelers have dealt with their own injuries. But it seems like every opponent that the Steelers have on their schedule suffers a pretty significant injury, like right around when they're getting ready to play the Steelers. <laughs> now the Indianapolis Colts, who the Steelers see in a couple of weeks, Jonathan Taylor dealing with a thumb injury. Is it that he's already had surgery on this, or he's going to have surgery on this? Has had surgery. So he's had surgery on this. I is there, will undergo surgery tomorrow. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. I mean, how many times you see somebody undergo surgery and then not miss at least a couple weeks, you know? So like three, four weeks usually for surgery. I mean, I, I can't, can't envision thumb is, is not, you know, the world's most impactful, you know, certainly players can play with broken thumbs even, but running back Mm kind of needed to hold on to the football. Like it's not like a defensive lineman where you just like wrap that nine layers of tape and get back out there, you know, like, uh, even if he would play, it'd be question, you know, whether it'd be a hundred percent. Colts are technically in the playoff race. Like I, you know, yeah. I, I don't know, they're in playoff position right now, actually. But uh, you know, gotta think they're going to be more concerned about his future than winning one more game this year in a season that doesn't really seem like it's going anywhere. So I would imagine they're going to be cautious with him instead of trying to rush him back. Sure, looks like he's going to miss this game. So you're talking about Browns with no Watson. Bengals with no Burrow twice, the Colts with no Jonathan Taylor. That's it's about as friendly of a four or five week stretch as you can possibly imagine in the NFL. And as you pointed out, like when we played Lamar the first time Lamar played, what are the chances he's going to play both times against the Steelers? We don't see that. So, you know, Lamar Jackson has had injury trouble the last five or six years. Like it's Seems like, and the Ravens are always in. There's always an injured Raven, always. It's just like a matter of course. Ronnie Stanley got hurt last week, too. Um, so yeah, you think the Raven, you think Ravens fans are ever like, what are we gonna do when we get healthy? Maybe I don't know. That's interesting. I wonder what that like compare the is there such a thing as a person that is a Ravens and Penguins fan? I doubt it, but like, I need to talk to that person if there is one because. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it's very I, I, I know the opposite of that, like a Steelers and Caps fan, but yeah, I don't know about a Penguins and Ravens fan. I'm sure they exist. Um 
but okay, let's let's move on. Interestingly enough, I also put out um, when I put on this on Twitter, I got some questions about Deontay Johnson, and Tomlin did talk me. about. I didn't challenge. hear anything about Deontay Johnson. <laughs> Deontay Johnson's all over the place. Yeah, Deontay's all over the place. We got a question about Deontay Johnson and, and actually the coaching staff, Frisman Jackson. We got a YouTube comment about Deontay Johnson. Tomlin talked today about the challenge on a Deontay Johnson play. So let's start there and see how we can expand this conversation off of that, because I thought it was interesting talking about that. He did say that there is somebody that is watching for those from the booth. It used to be Terrell Austin. Wouldn't specify who that was that is tasked with that now, but there is somebody there talked about the fact that he thought if they were, if there was any conviction that it was a touchdown, they would roll it that way on the field because then you can always go to review and turn it and change the call that way with it not being called that on the field, didn't feel strongly enough about challenging it and, and kind of talked about the process there, Alan. So what did you think about his answer? And um, yeah, I mean, we'll just go from there. Well, okay. I mean, he said a lot and he didn't say a lot also, right? Like he said, okay, there's <laughs> yeah. a person in the booth, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. Well, there's only like five coaches in the booth, so it's not really that hard to figure out who it might be. I mean, I'm not going to speculate, but like there's there's not only so many options. All the position coaches are on the field, right? And and they don't mm-hmm. have, you know, very many of those like senior analyst type. You know, Glenn Thomas is the one coach that I know is in the box or at least has been. I'm not sure if he still is with the changes at, at offensive coordinator. Um, you know, David Corley, who's the assistant quarterbacks coach. I know he's up there. Like there's just not that many guys in the booth. Right. Um, so, but here's what Tomlin didn't say who it is. And also like, he didn't say what, what he was told, what, what, you know, what, what were they telling him? Right. And so either one of two things happened here, right? Either Tomlin got bad advice from his person in the booth and he's protecting them which is a very Tomlin thing to do, right? He would do that. Or Tomlin doesn't trust his person in the booth, which really more lines up with what the evidence is here. If he's talking about, well, I didn't see it on the, I didn't see it live. I didn't get a replay. Well, if you have absolute faith in your person in the booth and they say it's a hundred percent overturn, you know, which by the way, I don't even really, think is the case but like if you have absolute faith in your person in the booth and say oh no absolutely this will be overturned challenge it doesn't matter whether you saw it live or you got a replay on the scoreboard you would just do it like mike sullivan for the, the penguins mike sullivan has a lot of faith in his video staff they 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 are good. the best in the nhl at picking up those offside calls and when to challenge and when not to challenge and they're great at it it does not feel like mike tomlin has the same faith in the people that are involved in that process to where it, it, you know, he, he would just say, look, Hey, they said, no, I said, no, like that doesn't seem like what's going on here. seems like Mike Tomlin is trying to figure out for himself, whether this should be overturned or not. And if mm-hmm. he's not getting that information with his own eyeballs, then he doesn't have the same level of faith in the people in the booth. And look, should he, you know, I, I don't know. Like when he had Terrell Austin there, when he had Brian Flores there, there was a person with real life, significant NFL experience uh, to, to, to make that decision. And I'm not sure that anybody that's in that booth right now has that level of experience. And so I'm not <clears> sure that he should have that level of faith, but it's clearly a problem, right? Like it can't, that, yeah. that can't be okay. Like it can't be that, Oh, we're on the road. And so we're just going to go with whatever the refs say like that. That can't be the answer. And, and there needs to be um, – look, we've talked on this podcast a lot about how I feel like the Steelers erred 
in not replacing Brian Flores. And not only that, not taking the same concept that brought Terrell Austin and Brian Flores to the this team and applying it to the offense. There should be an offensive Brian Flores and a defensive Brian Flores, and there should be no problem about one of those guys being in the booth. And I think the Steelers have failed to invest in their coaching staff for years now. And I think this is another symptom of that problem. Yeah, I was, that's what I was going to say. It's almost like, you know, we talked a lot about the failure of the Canada stuff was done before the season started. I feel like the same way is with this in terms of, you know, who or who you're not employing in terms of either the people or not having enough people on the staff to do these jobs. So, yeah, I can't necessarily say because I don't know who it is. I can't blame Tomlin for not trusting them, but why are you putting somebody in that position if you don't trust them to take their word for it? I don't know. It's just one of those things. Again, I feel like the failure is done before the season, not necessarily in this moment on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it's a failure process. I, I agree with that. And I think it's the same thing that we've seen come up in several areas now. Like, and I don't understand it. Is it just money? Is it, you know, an unwillingness from, Tomlin to expand his staff. I, I don't know. I've never really gotten a straight answer there, but it certainly feels like it's been a continual problem and something the Steelers really ought to address. Yeah. And, and you know, this was a challenge on a Deontay Johnson play. I said we could kind of carry that over because we got comments about him. Uh, Time Man 55 commented on yesterday's episode and tr said, Trade Deontay Johnson in the offseason. Off field stuff aside, he's making too much money to be running backwards and dropping more passes. Well, there's a lot wrong with, with that from Time Man here. Um, I think this is Ty Domi. I don't know. Well, I. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not gonna. <laughs> Whatever Ty Domi says, they're right. Yeah, they're right. Correct. I don't have any. I am not gonna ever say that Ty Domi is wrong. Um, ever. So, uh, yeah, just, just, yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, assuming this time in as someone other than Ty Domi, uh, I think that, uh, th there's a lot, there's a lot of misconceptions there. Like, I hear this a lot that Deontay, like, people talk about Deontay Johnson like he is a highly paid player. And I don't quite understand why, because he's not, I mean, not compared to other NFL wide receivers. Like, that's, that's just not correct. Deontay Johnson is, I don't know, somewhere around the 15th or 20th highest paid receiver depending on how you do the math like he, it's not like he's getting paid like he should be a pro bowler or an all pro or something like that is is that something you feel like is is sort of a con i i, I hear that a lot oh, yeah 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 and on it do you think that it has i was going to bring this up because i do see it all the time as well do you feel like it's because he's the only skill position player on the steelers really making any money that the reason that is a talking point. Maybe I think it's also just like he makes a lot of money compared to what the Steelers have paid wide receivers in the past, but like the NFL wide receiver market is in a different place. Like that is, you cannot compare what he makes to what Antonio Brown made. Like it is a whole nother yeah. world. Like, like there's like mid tier slot receivers making what Antonio Brown made. Like we've, we've, we've come a long way in terms of, of you know, what, what that position looks like. And so, yeah, I mean, Deontay's contract is 15th highest paid right under Brandon cooks and ahead of Christian Kirk. Right. Like, so like, do we think Brandon cooks and Christian Kirk are great wide receivers? Like that. 
I mean, I, it's just that's no. what the what the salary demands of the position are right now. And uh, I think he's can I, can I bring something up here, too, that I just thought about? I've actually made this point in the past, so I can't say just thought about, but have rethought about. I haven't brought it up on here and I want to get your perspective on this as well. The Steelers, who I think everybody would say, if, you, if you're trusting them at one position, it's finding talent at the wide receiver position, right? Yeah. They drafted Deontay Johnson, developed Deontay Johnson, and then paid Deontay Johnson. Maybe something that they don't do with every receiver that they do find, regardless of the talent level. Does that not tell you that there is a misconception or there is a drastic difference in the way that the fan base feels about him as opposed to the team? They like this guy enough to, to give him a new contract, a second contract, which I don't know that a lot of people in the fan base agreed with, but they did. So does that not show you where the team feels about him as opposed to where the fan base feels about him? Yeah. I mean, I, and I look, I mean, he's entering the last year of his deal next year. Uh, mm -hmm. His cap hit next year will be 15.8 million. Yeah. They're probably going to try to extend him. Like I, I don't like, and I don't really think that's like wrong. Like there, like there's not really any reason not to, um, you know, maybe you kick down that first year cap hit a little bit. And, you know, I just like uh, the idea that they would trade him. I mean, maybe like it, because you are the team that feels good about your ability to restock that position. But like this mm -hmm. wide receiver is not a position of strength on the Steelers right now. Like we saw what it looked like right, when yeah. Dr. Johnson was hurt and it was ugly. Like if I, Deontay I Johnson's not part of their, their plans, you know, beyond this season you're talking about drafting a receiver what in the second round probably first, i mean first first or second round yeah you're talking about first round wide receiver if you trade deontay johnson and if you're talking about free agent like that's what i'm saying like you're gonna pay you're gonna pay what you would pay deontay johnson for an unquestionably worse receiver on the open market like whatever you think deontay johnson is worth 15.8 million is not getting you deontay johnson again next offseason if you go try to find a free agent like it's just not like that that's yeah. That's, also just below Deontay Johnson, Hunter Renfro. Right. Like who, you know, barely playing. Like, I mean, the, the guys in, and the guys in that whole sort of tier, like there are just, you know, there are not a lot of guys that are difference makers that are making that amount of money. Like they just aren't. And so um, it's, it's, you, you, you you could spend more like if you want, you know, I don't know. And, and I haven't really broken into the free agent class. Like you could say like, okay, we need to spend $30 million to have a AJ Brown, Devonte Adams, Tyree kill, Stefan Diggs type. Okay. Maybe, but like, uh, other than that, like, I, I don't, I don't see how the team trades Deontay Johnson and gets better unless that trade is like for a first round draft pick that they're just going to use on a wide receiver, which is, I guess plausible, but like, I, I don't, I don't see that being particularly likely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the wide receiver free agent class right now. I mean, Mike Evans is a free agent. He's 30 he'd be 31 Odell again, Curtis Samuel. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not inspiring. Yeah. I mean, not inspiring is Mike Evans better than Deontay Johnson? I don't know. They're about the same. Like their, their contracts were pretty similar. I, I think they're, they're pretty comparable players, right? Like good, but flawed. Like, I, I think that's, that's what you get. Like, I, I don't know. I like Mike Evans. I'd take Mike Evans, but I don't think like trading Deontay to sign Mike Evans makes the Steelers like a whole lot better. 
very different receiver. Like he's going to score probably a lot more touchdowns. Probably not as good of a compliment for George Pickens. Like Mike Evans and George Pickens, a lot more overlap than Deontay and George Pickens, right? Like I I think Mm -hmm. that's, and not as versatile either. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the Steelers ever drafted another big outside receiver, they can move Deontay Johnson in the slot in a heartbeat and be very okay with that. You know, I, I just think, you know, He's he's a really good player. They're probably going to try to extend him. Like the idea that they're going to try to trade him, I don't think that's even close to reality. Let's continue on with this. Another extension, and this is bringing in his position coach now, Frisman Jackson. Sure. Should Frisman Jackson be fired as wide receiver coach with the way Deontay and GP have not only played but acted as of late? Frizz is at a tough job there, man. And I think, you know, Look, Frisman Jackson was hired because of his relationship with Matt Canada. And I can't say that, like, he, like, unlike Eddie Faulkner, who's been here a while and he did have a relationship with Matt Canada, but he was actually hired by the Steelers before Matt Canada was. Eddie Faulkner was very clearly a Matt Canada guy, but Eddie Faulkner has also very clearly done a very good job developing NFL running backs. Did a great job with James Conner, who, by the way, mm-hmm. I'm going to put this prediction down, is going to be a pain in the butt for the Steelers on Sunday. Uh, I am expecting him to have a huge game. It is just very James Conner-like for that to be a thing that happens. Um, He was great with James Conner. He's great with Jalen Warren. Uh, Certainly more than good enough with Najee Harris. Like There's a track record with Eddie Faulkner of success as a running backs coach. I'm not sure that I feel that Frisman Jackson has had with the Steelers that should make him stick around when the guy that picked him is gone like usually if you're a coordinator and you bring in guys to be your coaches and you get fired those guys move on i expect that there's going to be a lot of turnover on the steelers offensive staff and it wouldn't surprise me if frisman jackson is one of those guys i i don't think he's done a bad job that's just sort of the way it is like you're going to bring in a new coordinator he's going to want to hire some of his assistants and that seems like a place where the steelers could look to make a change that would not surprise me at all yeah, uh, you know, Eddie Faulkner, I think, has done a great job, but I would say that like the one really able to hang his hat on right now is the development of Jalen Warren as an undrafted guy, what he's been able to do. And like if we saw maybe like a I don't know, a Calvin Austin really like burst onto the scene and produce, maybe that would be a guy that you could say, look at what Frisman was able to develop here. But you know, Deontay was already Deontay and, and George, you know, who they took in the second round as a first round talent. I don't know that he's done enough to be for Frisman to be able to hang his hat on in that type of way. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. And I think the Steelers um, track record of success with the wide receiver position that far predates Frisman Jackson certainly plays into that too. You know, it's like how, how much credit do you as, to assign, you know, to the coach versus scouting, right? Like, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's part of it too. And so um, yeah, I mean, it, look, I, I like for his, I'm just being real. I think that looks like a position where they're probably going to make a move this off season. It just makes sense. I, I would have agreed with that. I'm actually glad somebody brought that up though, because I don't think that we've, we've touched on that. And, you know, you talking about all the potential turnover <laughs> that could take place on the offensive staff is certainly to be something to monitor um, when we get to the off season. But uh, anything else, Alan? Hmm. No, I think we've uh, got there. Um, let us know what you like. So Heinz Ward and James Harrison were Hall of Fame semifinalists mm. today. That was yeah. the other piece of news that we didn't really talk about. Um, 
I know we got a game this week and we got a short week next week. So there's like stuff coming up, but let us know in the comments if you want us to talk about whether or not Heinz Ward and James Harrison should be Hall of Famers. I think it's an interesting discussion, but it probably is a discussion that requires like a full episode sidebar from talking about this week's Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe if they continue to be as uninteresting as they were today, they'll make it easy on us. But let, let us know what you, if you are hungry for that kind of content, let us know. And maybe if the response is loud, we will we will definitely go with that uh, coming up here. And we'll see, see how it goes. I'm going to bookmark my own tweet because I actually ended up getting like, of course, like on this day, not a day where we're answering every question I get 15. So we will get to these. I'll keep them in the bank and we'll be able to get to them uh, throughout the week. But uh, Alan, tell the people where they can find you. At a Saunders underscore PGH on X at PGH Steelers. Now sites account Steelers read the words so I can get paid Steelers. Now plus Derek Bell has a great, great breakdown about why the Steelers usage of Pat Fryermuth on Sunday was different and why it solved a lot of problems for this offense. Got to be a Steelers now plus subscriber to get it. Use the promo code Allen 10, get 10 ish percent off. I'm telling you that will not last forever. So don't wait, use it, get it. It's worth it. And then you also get all the best stuff from Pittsburgh hockey. Now we talked a lot about hockey in this podcast for some reason today, uh, but from Dan Kingarski, David Molinari, Shelly Anderson. And when the baseball hot stove, or the Pirates version of it, which is sort of like one of those Coleman camp stoves. I guess like a little <laughs> sort of warm stove. But John Parado's got everything uh, from there as well. There we go. And Derek Bell, speaking of, I just saw this. Uh, well, I saw it when he did it, but I also have the YouTube page pulled up right now. 40-minute video on Kenny Pickett's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. If you're interested, go watch that as well. I am Zachary Smith, PGH for Alan Saunders and myself. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 